2: Hey, it's Juba Akpom. I hope you enjoy listening to this edition of Arsenal Audio Programme.
3: Premier League, Sunday, April 22nd, 2018. Arsenal versus West Ham United. Kick-off 1pm. Contents The Boss, The Captain, Voice of Arsenal, Pressure Points, Youth, Young Gun, Ben Shee, Match Action, Arsenal vs Southampton, Community, Match Action, CSKA Moscow vs Arsenal, Visitors, West Ham United, 1998, Player Feature, Jack Wilshire, In The Mix, Arsenal Women, Match action, Newcastle United versus Arsenal. My story, teams.
4: The Boss, Arsene awesome Wenger. The Boss says the most important thing right now is our finish to the season, starting today. Arsene was talking to Chris Harris. I am sure you are all aware that, after careful consideration and following discussions with the club, I feel it is the right time for me to step down at the end of the season. I do not want to say too much now, but, as I said on Friday, I am grateful for having had the privilege to serve the club with full commitment and integrity for so many memorable years. For now, there are still seven football matches to play this season – hopefully eight if we can triumph over Atletico. And my immediate thoughts have to be about these games, starting with West Ham today. It's been good for us to have a week's recovery time ahead of today's game, because it's given us the chance to do a bit more tactical work and to focus on some of the players in the squad with injuries. We've had a good week in training, and that's been welcomed, because we've played a lot of matches in midweek recently, which can be difficult both physically and mentally. We've had time to dissect what went wrong at Newcastle last weekend. There's a difference between the performance and the result, because I felt we played very well in the first half, and we should have put the game to bed. In the second half, I felt the team played with a good spirit, but you could see that some players had played on Thursday night, especially late in the game. We had 70% of the ball, we're 1-0 up, and in the end you lose 2-1, and you wonder how you can lose this game. That's what happened. We conceded two goals from nowhere. Overall we played with a good spirit, but with a bad result. We have to deal with that. It's very disappointing because I feel it's very harsh to swallow a defeat like that, and the way we lost three points... Our away form is a concern because we've traditionally had a very good record in matches on the road. It has a subconscious weight on our minds. Once you're in a negative spiral like that, it's very difficult to get out. I gave Joe Willock his Premier League debut at Newcastle. You could see the talent and you could also see the lack of experience in some situations of the game, but overall it was promising. It's very important for us to show the young players some faith and trust. As long as you don't give them a chance, as long as you don't give them a chance, even if you say that you believe they're a good player, as long as you don't have the courage to put them on the pitch, they don't really believe you. For me... The fact that there's less at stake in the Premier League is a good opportunity to see how ready they are and for them as well to realise that it's much harder than they imagined when they're playing in youth games. Today, there's a big gap between the Premier League and the Youth League. If you look across England, for me, that's one of my main worries. If you look through the Premier League, there are no young players. Everywhere you have academies, everywhere you have good players... But nobody plays. Why? Because of the gap between the Youth League and the Premier League. It's also because of the pressure every manager is under to perform. Every game lost is a disaster, so they go for more of a conservative attitude and more for security. Reese Nelson made his first Premier League start against Southampton and Eddie Nketiah has been involved from the bench too. We have more young players who are close to making the step up as well. Emil Smith-Rowe is close, Josh De Silva is close and, of course, Konstantinos Mavropanos is too. But at the moment, he is injured. These are the players who are the closest. Then there's Jordi Osetutu as well. There are players there who need to be developed before we give them a chance to play in the league. On the subject of our young players... I would like to congratulate the under-18s on reaching the FA Youth Cup final. That, added to the success of the under-23s this season, gives me an opportunity to thank all the people in the youth system who work so hard every day to help the players improve. We are very proud of that youth development here. We invested a lot of money as well, and that's part of how we want to be seen. We want to be seen as a club who take care of young people. It goes all the way down. The under-12s won the Iber Cup in Dallas. We have good young players and we work on their game to take it to a level higher next season. It's been a successful week for the club because Arsenal women have also reached the FA Women's Cup final. They are training here every day and traditionally we've always had good women's teams. The fact that we have a history, the fact that the girls here know that we look after them. I remember we had debates in the boardroom about whether we developed our women's team and put the money in, and we always did it. I must give credit to the club for that, and I'm very happy that they're in the final again. I wish them well. Finally, the Europa League may now be our priority, but we are Arsenal Football Club, and we want to win football games. Every game we play is important and, of course, we want to win our home games. At home, we've had quite a good season. It looks a little bit strange, but if you look at home games, we are third in the league and it's away from home that we failed. I want to finish these notes by offering thanks to the staff, the players, the directors and the fans who make this club so special. My love and support for Arsenal will last forever and I urge our fans to stand behind the team so we can finish on a high. The
1: captain, Pear Mertesacker. Pear pays a very personal tribute to the man who brought him to the club. It's only right that I begin these notes by paying tribute to a man who's taught me so much both on the pitch and as a human. We were only informed on Friday about the manager's decision to step down at the end of the season, so it's still quite emotional. Obviously, he's been at the club for such a long time and he's been so supportive to me. One major reason why I'm here is because of him. It's been emotional and there will be time to digest it, but it's a sad feeling right now. He's been the major figure for this club for more than 20 years, He's been so impressive for me and he's trusted me so much throughout my career in bringing me here, giving me the opportunity to play here and making me captain even when I was injured. He also gave me a future role here at the club, so I'm very grateful and humbled for the opportunity he gave to me. It is a sad day for me, but we're also moving forward for the future. It's in Arsenal's interest as well that this club will give positive memories to the fans and the people. The boss has brought in the right people at the right time and has had continuous success. That really amazed me in terms of his football knowledge and what he brought to this country and this club. It was so instrumental for what followed in the coming years. The people that he hired and the players he signed have always made a difference. I was just amazed how a coach could be such a main figure to the club, which needed him to grow as quickly as the club did. I spoke to him the first time on the phone He spoke in German and that impressed me. I knew he could speak a bit of the language but was surprised to learn that he's fluent in it. It was good to talk to him and it's always been good to talk to him and to be around him. I was ready to fight for him and the club after that conversation. I was so glad, so satisfied in that moment. His calmness, especially in the first week after the 8-2 defeat at Manchester United, really struck me. I expected a storm, a storm of pressure, but it was all about him calming everyone down and focusing. The trust for his team, and the trust for the individual, is so massive. In sport, people change a lot when things go wrong, especially at the professional level. Some people change things and do things differently, but him trusting people to learn from those mistakes was huge. It's something I will always put on him. He made me aware that there's room for trust and honesty, to care about people. There have been a lot of challenges, a lot of highs and lows, but how he went through tough times has taught me a lot about his character, and about how to trust people and get people in the right places to be successful. He gave us the opportunity to explore ourselves in order to be successful, and he's always managed to get the team around himself to be successful. The memories of winning titles with him and bringing joy to so many people, something he's done for years, will stay with me forever. There's now an emphasis on us doing it for him too. We want to send him off as he deserves, with a cup. We have a chance, a possible final, and we want to give him the farewell that's due to him. It's our duty. He deserves that so much. He's a legend here, and will always be remembered as one. For us to step up is natural now, as humans. You always say you'll give your best, but sometimes circumstances change and you adapt quickly. I hope we can capitalise now, put energy in the right direction and move forward as a club together. Let's give him the credit he deserves. His passion is winning and making everyone aware that winning is the only option here. That is his legacy. Now let's all be united until the very end of the season and do this together. Thanks for your support.
0: Voice of Arsenal Arsene Wenger to leave at the end of the season On Friday, the club announced that Arsene Wenger would be leaving Arsenal at the end of the season after nearly 22 seasons at the helm The longest serving manager in the club's history Arsene's influence has been enormous A league title winner on three occasions including one of the greatest achievements in English football history the 2003-04 unbeaten season He has also won a record seven FA Cups and seven Community Shields. But his achievements cannot just be framed in respect of trophies. The style of football played by his teams and wider approach to the game not only revolutionised Arsenal but proved a huge influence on football in this country. The demand to see his teams play such exciting football allowed the club to move to a new stadium with confidence. And throughout his tenure he has remained a figure who has commanded respect across the footballing globe and represented the values of Arsenal Football Club with class and dignity. Arson will lead the team until the end of the season and the club will make an appointment as soon as possible. There will be no further comment on the selection process from the club until the appointment is made. Born Strasbourg, France, 22nd of October 1949. Joined Arsenal, October 1st 1996 First match as manager, versus Blackburn Rovers away, League October 12th 1996, 1-2-0 Career stats, League Played 823, won 473, drew 199, lost 151, for 1,549 against 801 FA cup played 109 178 drew 16 lost 15 for 214 against 88 league cup played 73 145 drew 4 lost 24 for 144 against 95 community shield played 9 drew nil lost 2, 4, 16, against 6. UEFA Cup, UEFA Europa League, played 23, won 14, drawn 4, lost 5, four fifty against 20. UEFA Champions League, played 191, won 96, drawn 42, lost 53, four, against 208. Total played 1,228, won 713, drawn 265, lost 250, for 2,284, against 1,218. Stan Kroenke's Statement Majority owner Stan Kroenke said the following about the end of an era. This is one of the most difficult days we have ever had in all our years in sport. One of the main reasons we got involved with Arsenal was because of what Arsene has brought to the club on and off the pitch. His longevity and consistency over such a sustained period at the highest level of the game will never be matched. Arsene has unparalleled class and we will always be grateful to him. Everyone who loves Arsenal and everyone who loves football owes him a debt of gratitude. Three Premier League titles, including an entire season unbeaten, seven FA Cup triumphs and 20 successive years in the Champions League is an exceptional record. He has also transformed the identity of our club and of English football with his vision for how the game can be played. We have high ambitions to build on Arsenal's remarkable tenure and to honour his vision by ensuring that Arsenal competes for and wins the biggest and most important prizes in the game. We must now focus on making a strong finish to the season and ask our millions of fans around the world to join us in paying appropriate tribute to one of the greats of Arsenal's history and one of the greats of the game. Ivan Gazidis Arsenal CEO Ivan Gazidis spoke to the media on Friday evening and encapsulated the feelings of everyone at the club in his opening statement. Our first priority is to come together as a club and we're seeing that today, he said. Look at the outpouring of affection from the Arsenal family and from the football family. Our players, staff and fans are behind this great man, and we will give him the send-off he deserves. Then we have to start on the challenge of building on the platform we have created. I don't underestimate the challenge. I've often said it's the biggest challenge we will have to face, but I'm confident in the people we have in place to take forward Arsenal's legacy and build on it, and I'm excited for the future. In the coming weeks and months, the world will see the unity and power of this great football club and the people within it. I have the greatest respect for Arson, and I value his incredible contribution to this club. It's my ambition, my goal, to ensure that we honour and build on that contribution as we take our club forward. Now it's for the club. Now it's for Arson, Now it's for Arsenal. Burnley Match Day Programme our matchday program against Burnley will be a celebration of the career of Arsene Wenger. We will take an in-depth look back at his remarkable career and hear from some of the most significant figures during the manager's 22 years at the club. We would also like to hear from you, the Arsenal supporters. Email your thoughts on the boss to program@arsenal.co.uk and we will print as many as we can in what is sure to be an extremely collectible issue. Please ensure your submission is less than 50 words. Welcome back, boys. With the FA Youth Cup final on the horizon, a very special group of 40-somethings are enjoying the game from a hospitality box this afternoon. Our FA Youth Cup winning team of 1988 will be watching the match together, reminiscing about the time they were crowned the best youth team in the country. Kevin Campbell, David Hillier, Alan Miller et al hopefully will be taking to the pitch at half-time so please give them a warm round of applause. Play on the pitch at the Emirates. We're pleased to announce that, courtesy of our lead partner Emirates we will again be giving members the opportunity to play on the pitch at Emirates Stadium in the prestigious Emirates Fan Cup 2018. On the afternoon of May 12th 16 teams will compete in the tournament and you could be leading out one of the 16 selected sides. To participate in this very special five-a-side tournament, the team captain must be an Arsenal member and each team can have a maximum of seven players, including your skipper. The deadline to enter is April 30th at 11.59pm. For more details, visit arsenal.com. Thank you, Lynn. Arsenal staff member Lynn Cheney is a guest of the club in the Director's Box this afternoon to celebrate 30 years of working for the Gunners. Lynn has worked in the box office for our Junior Gunners and over the last 20 years has been a key member of the Communications Department, coordinating the players' mail and numerous charity requests that come into the club. Thanks, Lynn, for all your hard work and dedication. Visit Chapman's. Are you reading this before today's game while hungry? Well, if you are, why not visit Chapman's, our food kiosk on Armory Square that remembers the innovations of our legendary manager Herbert Chapman. Opening hours: On a non-match day, Chapman's is open on a daily basis. On a match day, on a match day, Chapman's opening hours are as follows: Kick-off 12:30, opens o nine hundred, closes 17:00. Kick off 1500 opens 1100 closes 1800 Kick off 1600 opens 1100 closes 1800 Kick off 1730 opens 1200 closes 1900 Kick off 1945 or later opens 1400 closes 2100 The food available includes bacon rolls, hot dogs, sandwiches or wraps, muffins and pastries, crisps and chocolate, coffee, tea, soft drinks and don't miss our offers. On non-match day season ticket holders receive a 15% discount on production of their valid season ticket. For the Burnley game only, season ticket holders receive a 20% discount on production of their valid season ticket. On this day, in 1933, we win the league title thanks to a 3-1 win at Chelsea. In 1935, we're champions again, this time after beating Middlesbrough 1-0 away. Coming up, Tuesday, Arsenal women are at home to Liverpool in the WSL, while the under-18s host Swansea City. On Thursday, we welcome Atletico Madrid to Emirates Stadium in the first leg of our Europa League semi-final. Burnley date changed. Our last home game of the season, originally scheduled for Saturday, May the 5th, will now be played as follows. Arsenal vs Burnley. Sunday, May the 6th. Kick-off 30pm. It's the law. With the laws of football regularly being adapted, Ken Goldman, vice-chairman of the North Middlesex Referee Society, sheds light on the game's latest changes and talking points. There are a number of aspects of the law that are often overlooked or seem strange, so here are a few of them. Did you know that 1. An indirect free kick for offside can now be taken from the attacker's half of the field if the attacking player who is offside returns to his or her own half to challenge an opponent? 2. You can backheel a penalty provided the ball goes forward. An opponent must be 2 yards or 2 metres from the thrower at a throw-in. 4. As you can't score direct from a throw-in, if it enters an opponent's goal, a goal kick is awarded. But if thrown by a defender into his own goal, it becomes a corner. Back to the beginning. Writers of our Exhibit Arsenal feature, club historians Andy Kelly and Mark Andrews, along with Tim Stillman, have produced a superb new book, Royal Arsenal, Champions of the South, looking at the fascinating events surrounding the club's life in South London. The book is now available for pre-order at www.legendspublishing.net forward slash product forward slash royal arsenal dash champions of dash the dash south forward slash And if you're quick, you can also claim a space on the Roll of Honour that features in the publication, although the cut-off time for this feature is the end of April. Bag it! Win with Arsenal and Puma. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner Puma are giving away travel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question time. Who scored the opening goal in last season's 3-0 home win over West Ham United? Email your answer, including your name and address, to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at arsenalmagazine. All entries to us by Friday, April 27th. One entry per person. Ref Watch, Lee Mason. This afternoon's referee is Lee Mason from Bolton. Mr Mason is an experienced Premier League official and he's officiated three of our matches so far this season. Our defeat against Swansea City in January was the first time we've lost with him in charge in 20 matches. A run that stretches back to a three-two defeat at Wigan Athletic in April 2010. Here's our recent record under Mr. Mason: 2013-14, Premier League, Norwich City nil, Arsenal two; 2014-15, Premier League, Arsenal four, Newcastle United one; two yellow cards, Premier League, Hull City one, Arsenal three. Premier League Crystal Palace 1 Arsenal 2 Yellow Cards 1 Premier League Arsenal 2 Everton 1 2 Yellow Cards Premier League Arsenal 0 Southampton 0 2 Yellow Cards 2016-17 Premier League Arsenal 3 Stoke City 1 2017-18 Premier League Arsenal 2 Swansea 1 Premier League Burnley 0 Arsenal 1 Premier League Swansea 3 Arsenal 1 Three yellow cards Premier League table Manchester City Played 33 Points 87 Manchester United Played 34 74 Liverpool Played thirty-four point seventy. Tottenham Played 34 68 Chelsea Played 34 63 Arsenal played 33, points 54 Burnley played 34, points 52 Leicester played 34, points 44 Everton played 34, points 42 Newcastle United played 33, points 41 Bournemouth played 35, points 38 Watford played 34, points 37 Brighton and Hove Albion Played 34, points 36 West Ham United Played 33, points 35 Huddersfield Town Played 34, points 35 Crystal Palace Played 34, points 34 Swansea City Played 33, points 33 Southampton Played 34, points 29 Stoke City Played 34, points 28 West Bromwich Albion played thirty four points twenty four as of april the twentieth text foul two six seven 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 anti-semitic and discriminatory chanting of all kinds is offensive to home and away supporters alike and will not be tolerated If you witness any form of offensive charting at the match, you can report it to a match day steward or use our See Something Say Something service by texting Foul two six seven 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 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our supporters and wider community. Thank you for your support and enjoy the game. Arsenal League Champions. Nineteen thirty, thirty one, nineteen thirty two, thirty three, nineteen thirty three, thirty 2001-2002, 2003-2004. FA Cup Winners 1930, 1936, 1950, 1971, 1979, 1993, 1998, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2014, 2015, 2017 League Cup Winners 1986, 1987 1992, 1993 Charity Stroke Community Shield Winners 1930, 1931, 1933, 1934, 1938, 1948, 1953, 1991, Shared 1998, 1999, 2002, 2004, 2014, 2015, 2017 Fairs Cup Winners 1996, 70 European Cup Winners' Cup winners nineteen ninety three ninety four FA Youth Cup winners nineteen sixty six nineteen seventy one nineteen eighty eight nineteen ninety four two thousand two thousand and one two thousand and nine Arsenal Football Club seventy five Drayton Park London N five one BU telephone number O two O seven six one nine five zero 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 Website www.arsenal.com, email program at arsenal.co.uk. Directors: Sir Chips Cheswick, Chairman Ken Fryer OBE, Ivan Gazidis CEO, Richard Carr, Lord Harris of Peckham, Stan Krunker, Josh Krunker, Honorary Vice President Lady Bracewell Smith, Secretary David Miles, Manager. Arson Wenger OBE physiotherapist Colin Lewin MCSP SRP editor Andy Exley deputy editor Josh James design manager Simon Wallace designers Katie Jane Bruin Owen Pinch Edward Wilkinson Photography, Stuart McFarland, David Price. Contributors, Nick Bromsack, Max Jones, Aidan Small, Joanne Harney, Lambros Lambrou, Mike Hammond, Jem Maidment, Michael Cox, Michael Levy, Andy Kelly, Mark Andrews, Jonathan Edwards, Matt Pascoe. Thanks to Fred Ollier, Printers, Bishop's Printers.
4: Pressure points In the words of Arsene Wenger, the glare has never been stronger. So, we asked the Arsenal stars about pressure situations on and off the pitch. Per Matisaka In which Arsenal match did you feel under most pressure? Every game I have played, I wouldn't say there was just one particular game. It's very important to recognise the pressure you are under every time you play and address it. You respect every single game, and for me, every match day feels the same. You feel that extra pressure. You go to the toilet more. You are aware of what you eat, when you eat. So every competitive game you play should have that same sense of nervousness. It's a tough feeling on the match day you get each time. Do you enjoy that pressure? Are you someone who thrives under it? Well, I'm not going to miss it. It's very stressful, and sometimes injuries happen because you haven't mastered the pressure well enough on the psychological side. Even on a physical side, strange things can happen, so I respect every competitive game in every competition, and I felt that pressure every match day. Arsenal are winning a cup final 1-0 with five minutes to go, but you are unable to play and you're watching at home. How stressed would you be? Would you be able to watch? When you're playing it's easier because you have no option to leave, but on this example I could be in the stands and it would be nerve-wracking, even more so if you're at home, but at least you could escape, but no, I would stay and watch it rather than sneak off. You need to grind it out. We have a penalty in the last minute to win the cup final. Who do you want taking it? Santi Carzola. If not him, then Michele Arteta. Either way, it's not me. How about a penalty shoot-out? Do you put yourself forward for the first five? Probably not... At youth level, I missed a penalty which stopped us progressing in the competition. I was 18, and I still haven't got over it. I haven't taken one since. Since then, whenever I played in a game with a shootout, we have got through just using five players. The manager used to avoid me on those occasions anyway. I remember we had a very young squad when we played away to West Brom in the League Cup a few years ago. It went to penalties but the manager didn't even look at me. Usually when a centre-back steps into that field, they struggle. Are there any tunnels where you line up in which you feel under greater pressure? Probably Liverpool, with the This is Anfield sign. It's a bit different now since they changed the stadium, but it used to be quite narrow down there. Which people watching in the crowd make you feel under pressure, now or when you are younger? I prefer not to know. If there was a scout there or a coach, I wouldn't want to put extra pressure on. I'm not putting myself in that position. A lot of people are always watching. Your agent says there's a small speaking role in a blockbuster new film. Do you take it? Would you be any good? Yes, why not? I would take it on. I think I'm capable. It's your driving test again. Would you pass? I was lucky enough to help Mo out with his theory test recently. I used to test him while we were travelling with the team, and we discussed the questions. So that helped me, and I think I could pass it again. I think he appreciated my help, even if he doesn't say it. You're looking after a baby and have to change a nappy, can you? ''Yes, easy. I have changed loads.'' ''You're on. I'm a celebrity. What kind of challenges would you fear the most?'' ''Anything with snakes. I don't know how they do the food either. I saw the German version and they had to eat a live spider. That's not for me. There are some things I might do, but not with snakes.'' ''You move clubs to a country that speaks a different language.'' and you're told you have three months to learn a new language, could you? That would be very interesting to see. If I was somewhere where no one spoke English or German, I'd have a chance. I think I would be capable. You're in a karaoke bar, and it's your turn to sing. Are you nervous or excited? Depends what the song is, but probably excited. If I could choose, I'd go for Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. I would nail that, or any witness song, really. You've moved to a new house and need to put up some shelves, could you? Nope, I'd ask my brother to do it. You've done something wrong. Who is the last person in the world you want to tell you off? I'm open for criticism from anyone. I would just want it over and done with as soon as possible. I can take it. You have to be without your phone for a week. How would you cope? I'd love to do it, just to see how I cope. It's too much of an addiction. I'll do it when I go on holiday after my playing career. I'd turn it off or leave it behind. Fifteen years ago we coped, so why not now? You've been told you have a year to learn another sport and play it professionally. Could you do it? That's a tough one. I used to play tennis and table tennis, but to do it professionally? Impossible. When you go one-on-one with a professional, someone in the top 100, you can't get the ball back. So, no way, maybe beach volleyball. I have some ability there, but the other sports are so physical I just wouldn't get on. Your best man at a wedding. How would you feel about making the speech? I've never done it. I would definitely be nervous. It's probably similar to speaking at the charity ball, which I have done before. You are always nervous doing stuff like that, but it's good to expose yourself to these things because people recognise it's natural to be nervous. You're at the top of a mountain and need to get down it as quickly as possible. Could you ski? I tried it when I was younger, but not for years, so no.
1: (laughs) Youth. It's been a busy but very productive few weeks for our various youth sides. Tuesday, April 10th, Emirates Stadium. Premier League, International Cup. Arsenal under-23s, 2. Villarreal under-23s, 2. The scorers for Arsenal, John Jules on the 8th minute and Gilmore in the 19th minute from a penalty. For Villarreal, the scorers, Dalmo Vaque. 20 minutes and Medley on the 40th minute. Own goal. Arsenal won 5-4 on penalties. Our under-23s made it to the Premier League International Cup final in dramatic fashion against Villarreal, with Zek Medley scoring the decisive penalty in the shootout. Having beaten the likes of last year's winners, Porto and Bayern Munich, en route to the semi-final, we came into this clash at Emirates Stadium in fine form. We got off to the perfect start when Tyrese John-Jules, who made the step up from the under-18s earlier this season, gave us the lead inside the first 10 minutes. It came after a well-worked move that saw Josh de Silva release Javier Amici down the line. The left winger then whipped in a dangerous ball, which prompted a goal-mouth scramble, before John-Jules pounced to find the top corner. Steve Gatting's side looked to be in cruise control in the 20th minute, when Charlie Gilmore made it 2-0 from the spot. Amici slipped Gilmore through on goal with a neat pass, before the referee judged that he'd been tripped in the box by Sergio Lozano Lull. Desperate to make the visitors pay for bringing him down, Gilmore stepped up and made no mistake from the spot. But within just 60 seconds of doubling our lead, Villarreal had pulled one back through Adrian Dalmau, who fired in for the visitors the Spaniards familiar to scoring on English soil in this competition, having scored three past West Ham in the group stage. Rejuvenated from finding the back of the net, Villarreal upped their intensity again and just moments before the half-time interval managed to draw level through an own goal. In an attempt to clear Enric Franquesa's low-driven cross, Medley inadvertently turned the ball into his own net. After all the drama of the first half, the second 45 minutes proved to be a cagey affair. John Jules came closest when he worked some space from close range, but he slipped at the vital moment and scuffed his effort. With neither side able to carve open the other in extra time, the game went to penalties. After six spot kicks, the two teams were all square, having converted all of their penalties, before Dayan Ilyev saved Ruben meza effort from the spot. Joe Willock kept his nerve with the next to put us 4-3 up. And while Villarreal converted their fifth and final penalty, Medley slotted in the winner to send us to the final. Our opponents will be Porto B, who recorded a 1-0 win over Newcastle in their semi-final. The final will take place at Emirates Stadium on May the 8th. The team for Arsenal, Ilyev, Ozy Tutu, Mavroponos, Mavroponos, replaced by Alowu in the 51st minute, Medley, Bola, Gilmore, Amici, replaced by Fortune in the 71st minute, De Silva, Willock, Dragomir, replaced by Balagun in the 90th minute, and John Jules. Subs not used, Virginia, Burton and Coyle. Friday, April 13th, Emirates Stadium. Under-23s, Premier League, 2. Swansea, under-23s, 0. Arsenal, under-23s, 1. The scorer for Arsenal, Gilmore, in the 47th minute. Our under-23s consolidated their position at the top of the Premier League 2 table with a hard-fought 1-0 victory over fourth-placed Swansea City. The Gunners were without key players, Eddie and Kitea, Reese Nilsson and Joe Willock, who have all been involved in first-team duties in recent weeks. But the young side's dogged performance was a testament to their quality and consistency this season. The game started in unfortunate fashion, when goalkeeper Dejan Iliev was forced off due to a head injury. His replacement between the sticks was Hugo Quito, who was very impressive in just his fourth appearance of the season at this level. He was a commanding presence throughout the game. The first chance fell to the home side when versatile 16-year-old forward Flo Balligan found Vlad Dragomir in the box, but his effort was blocked by the Swans' defence. 17-year-old Emil Smith-Rowe was making his return from injury in this fixture, and his free kick was well saved by the experienced Erwin Mulder. The sides went into the break, with the deadlock still unbroken, but not before Captain Josh De Silva forced Dutchman Mulder into another fine save. Steve Gattingside clearly responded to the messages he had passed on during the interval, as within two minutes of the restart, Arsenal went 1-0 up against their title rivals. A training ground routine from a corner was brilliantly worked by the young side and finished off by Charlie Gilmore. The corner was powerfully drilled across the box by Javier Amici... ...before Dragomir fooled the visiting defence by dummying the ball... ...and letting it run through to the Scotsman Gilmore, ...who curled the ball expertly into the top corner. That's his third goal for the under-23s this season. Our lead was nearly doubled by the assist-maker Amici... ...but he shot wide after good work in the build-up by Zek Medley. Naturally, Swansea piled the pressure on towards the end with a few efforts but we defended resolutely to score an important three points towards our quest for the title. Next up for the under-23s was a trip to London Stadium to face fifth-placed West Ham last Friday. The Gunners went into the game knowing victory would guarantee the title. We will have a report in Thursday's matchday programme. The team for Arsenal, Ilyev, replaced by Quito in the 22nd minute, Alou, Bola, Tutu. Medley, Amici, Dragomir, Smith-Rowe, replaced by Burton in the 60th minute, Gilmore, Balligan replaced by Fortune in the 81st minute, and De Silva. Subs not used, Daly, campbell and Coyle. Friday, April 6th. Prenton Park, under-23, Premier League 2. Liverpool, under-23s, 1. Arsenal, under-23s, 1. The scorer for Liverpool... Gallagher in the 63rd minute, the scorer for Arsenal, Balogun in the 90th minute. A young Arsenal team earned a creditable draw at Prenton Park to keep up the pressure on Leicester City, and it was a last gasp effort from 16-year-old Follerin Balogun that secured the point, pouncing on a loose ball in the 90th minute after Geordie Wazitutu's shot had been saved by Camille Gallagher. The first half was a goalless affair, though Liverpool had the best chance through Jan Dander, who fired just over. The young Gunners finished the half strongly, though, with first-year scholar Javier Amici thwarted by keeper Keller. Dander spurned a chance for the home team early in the second half, but he was instrumental in Liverpool taking the lead on 63 minutes, threading a ball through to Tony Gallagher, who shot beyond Huao, Virginia, into the top corner. Kelleher then made a super stop from Josh De Silva as it looked like the hosts were going to take all three points, but he was powerless to prevent Balogun's crucial leveller in the dying moments. The team for Arsenal, Virginia, Oluwu, Tutu, Medley, Bola, Daly Campbell, replaced by Fortune in the 70th minute, Amici, replaced by Balogun in the 90th minute, Dragomir, Gilmore, John Jules, De Silva. Subs not used, Cato, Coyle and Burton. Monday, April 16th, Emirates Stadium, FA Youth Cup semi-final, second leg, Arsenal under-18s five, Blackpool under-18s nil. The scorers for Arsenal, Balligan in the 18th minute, Ballard in the 20th, Burton in the 23rd, Smith-Rowe in the 34th from a penalty and Smith in the 90th. Our under-18s hit five past Blackpool in a thrilling night at Emirates Stadium sealing our spot in the FA Youth Cup final against Chelsea. Our front line displayed fluid attacking football throughout and have now scored 20 goals during their six-game run to the final. Flo Balligan was at the heart of every attack in the opening stages, but for a while it seemed like it wouldn't be his night in front of goal. The right winger failed to convert a delightful cross from Javier Amici before rattling the crossbar and missing a one-on-one. But the teenager kept his head up, and in the 18th minute got his reward by lobbing Craig Thorderson with a perfectly timed header. Our lead was doubled just two minutes later when MHE's corner was hooked into the six-yard box and met by a towering header from Danny Ballard. It was a wonderful moment for Ballard, who was released from the academy just two years ago. The youngster was then invited back as a trialist, offered a contract, and now wears the captain's armband. It's been a bit of a roller coaster at Arsenal, said Ballard, even looking back to when I got my scholar, I never thought I'd be in this position. But I have a manager who believes in me, and I think I've taken my opportunities. It's all starting to pay off. Blackpool would have hoped to find some defensive organisation after our electric start to the game, but we showed no mercy and continued with our relentless attacking approach. Robbie Burton beat his marker with a sharp turn and fired in from 25 yards before Emil Smith-Rowe stole the show. The 17-year-old started his run from deep in his own half and effortlessly skipped past five players, forcing the back defence to hack him down out of frustration. ''I was gutted that I got brought down,'' said the attacking midfielder. ''I just got the ball, saw space and then started to run through. I just wanted to score.'' Smith-Rowe stepped up for the penalty and made no mistake, finding the top right corner, taking his tally to four in the FA Youth Cup. Amici's thumping strike was then denied by the outstretched Thorderson before Tyrese John-Jules hit the side netting. Balogun was constantly used as an outlet to stretch the Blackpool bat line and in the 74th minute, his final contribution saw Blackpool reduced to 10 men. Jack Newton had been caught out in midfield and dragged the Arsenal wing into the floor, forcing the referee to brandish his second yellow card. Substitute Matthew Smith then rounded off the scoring as he tapped in Bukayo Seko's saved effort deep into stoppage. The result means our young gunners will travel to Stamford Bridge on April 27th for the first leg of the final, before the Blues will make the trip to Emirates Stadium on April 30th. The side for Arsenal... Virginia, Daly, campbell Thompson, Ballard, Medley, Burton, Balligan, replaced by Smith in the 76th minute, Emechi, replaced by Coyle in the 72nd minute, John Jules, Oleinka, Smith-Rowe, replaced by Saka in the 62nd minute, subs not used, Okonkwo and Oluwu. Saturday, April 7th, Shenley Training Centre, Under-18s Premier League South, Arsenal Under-18s 1, Leicester City Under-18s 3. The scorer for Arsenal, Olejinka in the 60th minute, the scorers for Leicester City, T in the 36th, Shade in the 57th and Leshebella in the 72nd minute. James Olejinka was on the score sheet but it proved nothing more than a consolation as a young under-18s lost 3-1 defeat at the hands of Leicester City. With a number of the under-18 regulars being rested following a busy schedule at the Dallas Cup, Kwame and Padu drafted in exciting prospects from the under-15s and 16s. Leicester were quick out of the starting blocks and had the opportunity to go a goal up again inside the first 10 minutes when Cairo Edwards-John was gifted an open goal. The right winger looked set to score, but in came Dominic Thompson with a stunning slide tackle to clear the ball off the line. The Foxes continued to push forward however and took the lead on 36 minutes when Connor T raced through on goal down the left wing and found the back of the net with a cool finish. Neither side worked any real chances in the opening stages of the second half until Leicester pounced again to double their lead. Edwards John combined with Tyree's shade on the edge of the box before the latter found the bottom corner with a curling effort. Again we showed great spirit to play on the front foot after conceding and this time we grabbed our reward through Ole Inca. Usaku cut in from the right and split the Foxes' defence with a neat pass leaving Ole Inca the task of finding the far left corner from a tight angle. Our young gunners continued to push for an equaliser and build on their momentum but in the 72nd minute the referee judged that Mark McGuinness had fouled Thagalo Leshebela in the box and pointed to the spot. The midfielder made no mistake from 12 yards. The team for Arsenal Baden, McGuinness, Thompson, Spencer Adams, Clark, Swanson, replaced by Smith in the 30th minute, Oli replaced by Martin in the 74th, Saka, replaced by Dennis in the 65th, Aziz, Beckford, Okaflex. Subs not used Oconquo and Matthews. <laughs>
0: Young Gun, the next generation in their own words. Ben Schaeff. Born, Dartford, February 5, 1998. Height, 185 centimetres. First team appearances, 2. Joined, 2014. Position, midfielder. Arsenal debut, 19th of October 2017, against Red Star Belgrade. Less than a day into his lone spell with Stevenage, the omens didn't look good for Ben Schaaf. But three months on, the 20-year-old is convinced that his spell in League Two has transformed him as a player. I went into a sliding tackle in the first training session and tweaked my knee, recalls the midfielder. I was out for three weeks, so it wasn't the greatest of starts, but since then I've been playing fairly regularly. There are three games left of the season, and if I feature in all of those, I think I can count the loan spell as a real success. I know going on loan is principally about gaining experience and game time at a competitive level, but I've found the rewards and influence on me personally, and my game goes way beyond that. In League 2, the pitches aren't suited to playing on the deck, and so the styles tend to be a lot more direct. It's a lot more physical than I've been used to in the under-25s, and that's perfect for me. I've developed into a holding midfielder. When I first arrived at Arsenal from West Ham, I was attacking in style. Then I played at centre-back and at right-back, which helped improve me defensively. I really developed a defensive mindset when playing at centre-back. It took me by surprise, but I enjoyed the need to be aggressive to win possession and beat the opponents to the ball joining, Stevenich has added another dimension to that. It's not possible to win every game playing nice passing football, and you have to win ugly and grind out a win in whatever way possible. Pretty football doesn't always work, and you have to get involved in the nasty side of the game, which is what you need to have in the role that I play. The manager, Dino Marmria, is all about pressing hard and fast all over the pitch and being quick in transition which has developed my game mentally and tactically. The other thing I've learned is that you have to limit risks. You have to pick your times to play and play the ball in certain areas of the pitch so as to keep control of the game. At Stevenage it's not about development so much as it's about winning and achieving clean sheets. The result is important for the club, but also for the players away from the pitch. They have families and mortgages to pay, and a win bonus makes a big difference. It's a pleasure to be involved with Stevenage, says Ben, who has now played seven times for Borough. I most enjoyed the 4-1 win over Barnet and also the 1-0 away win over Newport County, who are a very good side. That game was far from pretty, he says with a smile, but it was incredibly satisfying to play in such a determined way that we came away with all the points. Ben made his first team debut in the Europa League when coming on for Francis Coquelin against Red Star Belgrade earlier on this season and played against Norwich City in the Caribou Cup too. He hopes he will get more opportunities to contribute to the first team and use what he has learned at Stevenage. My target is to be involved with the first team next season and continue to develop at that level, he insists. There may also be an option of going out on loan to a Championship or League One team too. The move to Stevenage was very sudden and unexpected and I'm happy to do whatever is required to take me closer to featuring regularly in the first team. The experience of being in and around the squad was special and you always want more. I hope we go on to win the Europa League. It will be tough but we can beat anyone in the world on our day and if we do win I can smile to myself saying that I made a small contribution. We play Ben's former club West Ham today and he's expecting a real battle. The Stoke result means that the Hammers are still a little bit in the relegation fight and every point counts. They will come to frustrate us and take whatever they can. I believe they have too many good players to go down but I reckon we'll beat them 3-1. The boys will want to bounce back after a bad result against Newcastle and I think we'll dominate the game and win well in the end. Did you know Ben's brother Jake is a beach volleyball player for England and Great Britain and represented England in the recent Commonwealth Games. Agonisingly, Jake and his partner Chris Gregory lost a bronze medal match to New Zealand. Words. Ben was speaking to Lambros Lambrou.
4: Match action. Arsenal vs Southampton. Sunday, April the 8th, 2018, 14-15. Premier League, game number 51. Venue, Emirates Stadium. Referee, Andre Mariner. Attendance, 59,374. Arsenal 3, Southampton 2. Scoring for Arsenal were Aubameyang in the 28th minute, and Welbeck in the thirty eighth and eighty first minutes. Playing were thirty three check, twenty four bellerin, substituted in the seventy fourth minute, twenty one chambers, twenty mustafi, thirty one kalasinak, thirty five eldeny, twenty nine shaka, seventeen iwebi, sixty one nelson, substituted in the sixty fourth minute, twenty three welbeck, fourteen Obameyang, substituted in the 71st minute. Substitutes were 54 Macy, 16 Holding who came on in the 74th minute, 18 Montreal, 10 Wilshire who came on in the 64th minute, 11 Erzo, 9 Lacazette who came on in the 71st minute and 62 Ankitia. Match stats: total shots 13, shots on target 7, corners 8, offsides 1, fouls 11. Possession seventy percent. Scoring for Southampton were Long in the seventeenth minute and Austin in the seventy-third. Playing were thirteen McCarthy, five Stevens, three Yoshida substituted in the seventy-second minute, six Hewitt, two Sores, fourteen Romeo, twenty-three Heiberg, twenty-one Bertrand, sixteen Ward Prowse, eleven Tadich, seven Long. Substituted in the 80th minute. Substitutes, 44, Forster, 26, Pierre, 39, Sims, who came on in the 80th minute, 22, Redmond, 19, Beaufel, 10, Austin, who came on in the 72nd minute, and 20, Gabiardini. Match stats, total shots, 15, shots on target, 8, corners, 6, offsides, 2, foul, 7, possession, 30%. Man of the match was Danny Welbeck. Match Facts The Gunners have scored three or more goals in five successive home games for the first time since the start of the 1958-59 season. Danny Welbeck both scored and assisted in a league match for the first time since we beat Bournemouth 3-0 in September. Arsenal have won six games in a row in all competitions for the first time since May 2017. First half. It was a big day for Reese Nelson, who made his first Premier League start and was involved in the action early on as we began brightly. But it was the visitors who took the lead when Schroeder Mustafi misjudged a cross and Shane Long nipped in to guide the ball past Petracek. That disturbed our rhythm until we forced an equaliser on the half-hour mark. Alex Iwobi found Danny Welbeck, whose deft flick was converted by the red-hot Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Welbeck then turned from provider to scorer, meeting Iwobi's through-ball to fire home. Second half. The Gunners started the second half by forcing three saves from Alex McCarthy, only for Southampton to weather the storm and edge their way back into the game. Mo Elneny cleared off the line, and Cech denied long. But then Charlie Austin came off the bench and scored with his first touch. Still, we weren't done, as Welbeck shrugged off a miss from close range to score with a far post header from Uwebe's cross. There was still time for two red cards for Jack Stevens and Mo Elnerney, whose dismissal was later rescinded. But the points were ours. There are seven photographs with this report, apart from the small one under the score line. The full page has the caption. Ober is mobbed after levelling the scores, his sixth goal in his first seven Premier League games. The other six photographs have the captions, clockwise from top left. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang flakes home the equaliser, then dodges the challenge of Cedric Soares. Reece Nelson is felled on his first PL start. Danny Welbeck fires home the second, then heads the winner and celebrates a man-of-the-match display.
1: Community, using the power of the Arsenal name to positively impact the lives of young people since 1985. Twitter in the community, we're at London Colney for an Easter soccer school with 30 children from at Heartsmere BC, hashtag we are the Arsenal. Where are they now? Adam Bass, when were you involved with Arsenal in the community? 2001 to 2003. What was your role? I was a student on the Youth Training Scheme coaching programme in the JVC Centre at the old Arsenal Stadium site. What are you doing now? I now have my own coaching business, APB Sports Group. It's a sports company based in London, Hertfordshire and the surrounding area that aims to provide elite coaching to the youth of today. We specialise in football, multi-skills, arts and dance. How did your time with the community department help you in your current role? The course gave me the confidence, organisational skills and experience of working with a variety of people. I can 100% say the course had a big impact on my current situation. Arsenal in the Communities kicks teams win title double. It's been a glorious season for two of our Premier League kicks teams that both ran out winners in their respective leagues. Both teams are made up of participants from several PL Kicks sessions and subscribe to the ethos of bringing young people from different communities together to play football, with players drawn from seven different postcode districts. Our under-16 team had an unbeaten season in the Oak Foundation Youth League in Camden to lift the title, and they're also through to their cup final, so a potential double winning season could be on the cards for the boys. The Oak Foundation Football League is played at Coram's Fields and is made up of various youth and community groups from across London with the aim of reaching the most disengaged young people in the capital. Gangs, crime and antisocial behaviour are a major concern, particularly in the Camden area. Research shows that sport can play an important role in reducing this. The Oak Foundation Football League ensures that traditionally hard-to-reach young people are given the opportunity to play regular football in a safe and positive environment. Congratulations to the Arsenal PL Kicks under-16 team who won the league in style, says Oak Foundation League coordinator Naz Dean. They played some great football over the season and their behaviour and conduct was excellent. The boys showed great discipline, commitment and reliability throughout the whole season. The team is a real credit to Arsenal. Our over-16 team play adult football and romped home as champions of the 1st Division in the Camden MA League. The team has provided a stepping stone back into organised football, with one player returning to the Football League and several others playing in the upper reaches of the non-league game. The team has received invaluable support from the London Football Association this season, outlined below. Luke Thompson, Football Development Manager, London FA, writes The London FA are committed to growing football participation in London, so at the start of the 2017 18 season, we launched our new Growing Grassroots Fund. We were delighted to be able to fund great causes like Arsenal in the Community, PL Kicks team, who have re engaged adults in regular football. Well done to Steve and his team for their fantastic successes this year. For further information, Email Steve Davis at sdavis at arsenal.co.uk.
0: Match action CSKA Moscow versus Arsenal. Thursday, April the 12th, 2018, 2005. Europa League quarter final, second leg, game number 52. Result 2 2. Arsenal win six three on aggregate. Venue V E B Arena. Referee Felix zeya Attendance twenty nine thousand two hundred eighty four. Away fans seven hundred. C S K A scorers Chalov thirty nine, Nababkin fifty. C S K A team name Akinfiv, number thirty five, V Beradzuski number twenty four. Ignashevich, number four. A. Berezutsky, number six. Bistrovich, number twenty five. Substitute, seventy first minute. Nababkin, number fourteen. Dzagoev, number ten. Substitute, thirty eighth minute. Golovin, number seventeen. Yellow card. Kuchev, number eighty nine. Musa, number seven. Chalov, number sixty-three, substitute, seventy-ninth minute. Substitutes: Pomazum, number one; Shenikov, forty-two; Nacho, sixty-six, substitute, seventy-first minute. Koshonov, number eighty; Milanov, number eight, substitute, seventy-ninth. Vitino, number eleven. Substitute thirty-eight, Zameletinov number seventy-five, Arsenal, Arsenal scorers: Welbeck seventy-fifth minute, Ramsey ninetieth minute. Name: Czech number thirty-three, Bellerin, number twenty-four, Mustafi number twenty, Koscielny, number six, Monreal number eighteen, Ramsey number eight, El Neni number thirty-five. Wilshire, number 10, substitute 69th minute. Ozil, number 11. Welbeck, number 23, substitute 77th minute. Lacazette, number 9. Substitutes. Macy, number 54. Chambers, number 21, substitute 69th minute. Mertesacker, number 4. Holding, number 16. Kozalniak, number 31. Iwobi. Number 17, substitute 77th minute. Nicotia, number 62. Match stats: Total shots: CSKA 15, Arsenal 10. Shots on target: CSKA 5, Arsenal 4. Corners: CSKA 2, Arsenal 6. Offsides: CSKA 0, Arsenal 1. Fouls: CSKA 13. Arsenal 7 Possession CSKA 53% Arsenal 47% Match Facts Arsenal have reached a European semi-final for the first time since the 2008-2009 Champions League. Aaron Ramsey has had a hand in eight goals in his past eight matches in all competitions. Seven goals, one assist. Danny Welbeck's goal took him to double figures for the season for only the third time in his career. Man of the match, Mohamed Elneny. First half. The Gunner survived some nervy moments to reach the Europa League semi-finals after scoring two late goals in Moscow. The first half hour was cagey, with Arsenal seemingly unsure of how to approach the match after seeing Barcelona blow a 4-1 first leg league in Rome in the Champions League earlier in the week. CSKA took advantage six minutes before the interval, scoring with their first effort on target when Feodor Chavlov tucked home from close range after Petr Cech had initially repelled Kirill Nababkin's header. Second half. Things got even nervier for Arsenal when CSKA picked up where they'd left off in the first half and doubled their advantage when Nababkin pounced on another parry from Cech. Mo Elneny had a header ruled out for offside, but the visitors were under real pressure until Danny Welbeck broke, exchanged passes with Elneny and clipped the ball home from just inside the area. CSKA were broken and it fell to Aaron Ramsey to clinch a draw on the night when he ran onto Elneny's through ball and finished coolly past Igor Akinfeev in stoppage time. Job done.
4: The Visitors West Ham United. West Ham's trouble season looks to be heading towards a happy ending. By Mike Hammond. The Hammers' bid to avoid relegation from the Premier League has received a considerable boost in recent weeks and they come into this afternoon's London derby unbeaten in three matches and with a decent buffer protecting them from the drop zone. A 1-1 draw at home to struggling Stoke City on Monday night lifted David Moyes' team into 14th place in the table, seven points clear of the dreaded dotted line. While it was not the result that Hammers fans had been hoping for, the stoppage-time equaliser from substitute Andy Carroll that rescued a precious point and just as significantly took two away from their opponent could prove to be one of the club's most important goals of the season. That draw against Stoke made it five points in three games following a 3-0 home win against Southampton and a hard-fought 1-1 draw away to Chelsea. Prior to that, the team and the club appeared to be in dire straits, with back-to-back 4-1 defeats at Liverpool and Swansea being followed by a 3-0 home loss against Burnley, played to the backdrop of a major crowd disorder at the London Stadium. Fortunately, the club's last two home games have passed without incident, and with the improved results, have come a greater degree of calm and togetherness. With 35 points in the bag... West Ham may already turn out to be safe from relegation. But they will probably feel right now that one more win from their final five fixtures should see them through to a 23rd Premier League campaign and a seventh in a row following their promotion from the Championship in 2012. Since their return to the top flight, the Hammers have largely occupied the middle ground at the Premier League table their highest position being 7th in 2015-16, to which earned them a Europa League qualifying round spot, and their lowest coming last season when they ended up 14th. Former player Slavon Bilic was the man at the controls in both of those seasons, but the Croatian was sacked as manager last November after a poor start to the current campaign. Moyes, who had been relegated with Sunderland last season, was not a universally popular choice to succeed him, and indeed, the Scot managed just one point from his first four games at the helm. But the results eventually improved, with the East Londoners losing just once in ten league games around the turn of the year, though they did go out of both domestic knockout competitions during that period, losing 1 0 here to Arsenal in the Carabao Cup quarter final just before Christmas. All along, though, the club's number one priority has been to maintain their Premier League status and barring a calamitous conclusion to the campaign, that mission looks set to be accomplished. A brief history. Formed, 1895. Stadium, the London Stadium. Capacity, 57,000. Manager, David Moyes. Nickname, The Hammers. Last season's Premier League finish, 11th. Most appearances... Billy Bonds, 799. Did you know? West Ham were the last team to beat us at Highbury and the first team to beat us at the Emirates. West Ham are yet to have a shot on target against us in two matches so far this season. West Ham's last major trophy was the 1980 FA Cup when they beat Arsenal 1-0 in the final. The last time we met, Carabao Cup... December nineteenth, 2017, Emirates Stadium Arsenal, 1, scored by Welbeck in the 42nd minute West Ham United, nil. Playing for Arsenal were Ospina, Debushi, Holding, Chambers, Kolasinac, Coquelin. Substituted by De Silva in the 89th minute Eldenie, Willock, substituted by Sheaf in the 84th minute Walcott, Welbeck, Giroud Substituted by Nelson in the 78th minute for West Ham United, Hart, Cresswell, substituted by Sako in the 65th minute, Reed, Collins, Ogbonna, Masuaku, Rice, Obiang, Kina, substituted by Ornotovic in the 83rd minute, Hernandez, substituted by Carroll in the 65th minute, and Ayu. Quick stats. Five Premier League number 1s. Ludek Miklosko, Shaka Hislop, David James, Roy Carroll, Robert Green. Last five Player of the Year winners 2017, Michael Antonio 2016, Dimitri Pyat; 2015, Aaron Cresswell 2014, Mark Noble 2013, Winston Reid Played for both Ian Wright, Marouane Chamac Kabar Diwara Freddy Lungberg Henry Lansbury. Memory Lane 1. Mesut Ozil Theo Walcott and Olivier Giroud all scored in the second half to give us a 3-0 win over today's opponents in last season's corresponding fixture. 2. We scored four times in the space of ten minutes to set up a 5-1 win over West Ham in January 2013. With the scores level at half-time, Giroud scored two minutes into the second half and again just before the hour, his goal sandwiched by strikes from Santi Carzola and Walcott the run we haven't had a goalkeeper play back to back games against west ham since Wojciech Sejny in 2014 all time record arsenal versus west ham played 137 lost 34 163 drawn 40
1: that sums it all up 20 years since Arsene Wenger's team won Arsenal's second double, the matchday programme recalls the stories that surrounded the 1997-98 season. Arriving at Arsenal as a fresh-faced 21-year-old from GAK Graz in his native Austria in the summer of 1997, Alex Manninger had a big impact in his first season at Highbury. He made 16 appearances, including impressive displays in the crucial 1-0 win at Old Trafford in March and a memorable FA Cup quarter-final shootout against West Ham. We caught up with Alex, who retired at the end of last season after a spell with Liverpool, to look back on an amazing first campaign as a gunner. Alex, you arrived in 1997 from Austria. Yes, and cannot believe it's more than 20 years since I went to Arsenal. I got noticed the previous year after I made my debut against Inter Milan in a European game. I played a few games and clubs came to look at me. Arsenal came in for me and I moved to London. And what did you find? It was strange because in those days there were simply not that many foreign players and Arsenal had been a very English club. I actually heard people were worried because Arsenal had signed a foreign goalkeeper. I was the first of a young generation of footballers to come from abroad and I really enjoyed the experience. It was all new to me. Arsenal had a sudden influx of young foreign players. You look at Manchester United, they had a very English core at that time. I think Arsene Wenger did an awful lot to make English domestic football truly international. You had David Seaman in front of you too. Ah yes, but I wanted to work and improve and with David and Bob Wilson, who was our coach, I did just that. I knew he was a great goalkeeper and a legend, but I wanted to come and become a better goalkeeper. What were the expectations like? I would say pretty low. There were a lot of new players and a lot of older ones too, like the back four. I don't think people expected us to win anything, least of all the double, but at the same time we knew we had talent and some special players. Your first team chance came quicker than you may have expected. Yes, David got injured and I was in. I made my debut at Middlesbrough. Was I nervous? Hmm, well, I would say I was a little bit anxious, but at the end of the day, I'd left my home in Austria to pursue a dream, and my dream had come true. For me, stepping out that day was a confirmation that what I did in moving to England was the right thing to do, and I was an international footballer. The pressure was on me, but that was okay. I was still a little tense and nervous, but happy and a little shaky. You actually had an extraordinary start to your Arsenal career, keeping six clean sheets in a row, at the time a club record. I also had an extraordinary defence in front of me. That back four was not just a back four, it was a wall, and they had Petit and Vieira in front of them. That defence worked so hard, it was untrue. I didn't know much about them before, but I very quickly learned about them. During that run, they were magnificent. It was a pleasure to stand behind them. You had two standout matches. Manchester United away and West Ham United in the FA Cup quarter-final. United away was a game I'll never forget. My father and some of my friends were actually at the stadium, which made it very special for me. That was also a rare thing, let me tell you. That didn't not happen often. And as a child back in Austria, I probably knew of United before Arsenal, so to play at Old Trafford was incredible. I recall Mark Overmars' winning goal, and then, strangely perhaps, I remember Peter Schmeichel in my own penalty area, in the 95th minute, trying to score against me. He didn't, and then as he rang back to his own area, he injured himself. I wasn't fully aware of the rivalry, or the needle as you call it, between the two clubs when I first arrived. Of course United had been more successful, but that game was hugely significant as it showed Arsenal were back. As for West Ham, I remember very little because it was such a blur, a real cup tie but I do know that my leg kept Arsenal in the cup when I made a save in the penalty shootout. It was a big highlight and a very emotional night. You won March Premiership Player of the Month but then lost your place in the team. Yes, David Seaman returned from injury and I was out. i just won this award which is really nice and something I will always treasure because it was a big deal. You don't want to miss those kind of awards if you have a chance of winning one. But I was still young and David was the number one. Young keepers are more common now. There are a lot in their early 20s playing regularly. Maybe in 2018 David wouldn't have got back in the team automatically. Maybe I deserved to stay in the team, but I didn't and that was how it was. Better than no games at all, eh? You watch from the sidelines for the rest of the campaign as Arsenal won the double... What got the team over the line? Oh, desire. You had this great mix of hungry young foreign players who hadn't won anything before, alongside these much older, more experienced English players who'd seen the quality coming into the club and wanted to crown their long careers with more glory, something really special. That experience in the squad was also vital. Put all those elements together and it just worked. It was just brilliant to work with those players. And despite only playing seven games, the FA still gave me a medal, which was fantastic. Do you still follow Arsenal now? Of course. There are still many people at the club now who were there when I joined. I had four great years working for a brilliant football club. I played at many football clubs, and it was a particularly special part of my career. You retired last year after a spell at Liverpool. Are you still working in the game? No, Believe it or not, I've gone back to doing what I loved before I started in the game. I'm a joiner. How do you say it? A chippy. I love it. I'm actually working on some shelves today, as a matter of fact. You know, I think I must be one of the last footballers who had to learn a proper trade. There's a photo taken on the 14th of March 1997. Freeze frame. Alex Mangina punches the ball clear during Arsenal's crucial 1-0 win at Old Trafford. And there's also a photo of Peter Schmeichel, who was injured going up for a corner in Manchester United's home defeat to Arsenal, and crucially for the Reds, he would struggle with injury for the rest of the campaign. The Gunners won the FA Cup quarter-final against West Ham, despite having Dennis Bergkamp sent off in the first half, and Alex Manninger made a total of 64 appearances in four years at Arsenal, 24 of them in 1999-2000. Arsenal First Team Squad 1997-98 Number 1. David Seaman 2. Lee Dixon 3. Nigel Winterburn 4. Patrick Vieira 5. Steve Bald 6. Tony Adams 7. David Platt 8. Ian Wright 9. Nicholas Anelka 10. Dennis Bergkamp 11. Mark Overmars 12. Christopher Ray 13. Alex Manninger 14. Martin Keown 15. Ray Parler 17. Emmanuel Pitti 18. Giles Grimandi nineteen Remy Garda 20 Matthew Upson twenty one Louis Boa Morte twenty two Ian Selly twenty three Alberto Mendez twenty five Scott Marshall twenty six Vince Bartram twenty seven Paul Shaw twenty eight Stephen Hughes twenty nine Glenn Helder thirty Gavin McGowan thirty one Chris Kaumia thirty two Isaiah Rankin thirty three Michael Black thirty four Jason Crow <laughs>
0: Exclusive player interview, Jack Wilshere. Jack Wilshere was nine years old when he joined the Arsenal Academy. Arsene Wenger had already been manager of the club for five years. Now, nearly 17 years later, this long-running partnership is coming to an end. Arsene will call time on his reign at the end of the season, and Jack is currently considering his future, with his current contract drawing to a close this summer. But contract decisions are not the only thing that will be occupying the 26-year-old's mind over the next few weeks. In the short term, his focus is on recovering from the injury, which is likely to keep him out of action today. But then there is the fight for silverware in the Europa League, a possible call-up to England's World Cup squad, and next month he is due to become a father for the third time. He also wants to find time to attend the FA Youth Cup final which Arsenal have reached for the first time since Wilshire himself captained the Young Gunners to glory in 2009. So there were no shortage of talking points when the matchday programme sat down to speak to Jack just moments after historic meeting with the boss on Friday morning. What was your reaction when the manager told you he was leaving? First of all I was shocked. I didn't see it coming. I know he had another year left on his contract and I thought that he would do it, but unfortunately he's not. I'm sad. Ever since I've known about Arsenal, Arsenal's been there. I'm sad. I'm a little bit disappointed that we couldn't give him the season he wanted, but we've still got a chance to win something so he can leave on a high. He's been great for me throughout my career, gave me my chance from a young age, stuck with me, showed his faith in me and helped me to develop as a player. I owe him a lot in his career, and I want to give him the send-off he deserves. I'm sure the fans do. I know the rest of the players do, and we want to win something for him now. You've grown up with him here, and a lot of the fans would have done too, so it's going to take a while to sink in, isn't it? It is. We've literally just found out an hour ago, and I'm sure when the dust settles and we have a few days to think about it, we'll start to reflect on it. At the moment it's a bit raw. It's a bit sensitive. We want to send him off the right way because he's given so much to us. He's shown faith in every single one of us as players and we need to send him off in the right way. Is that an extra motivation for you to win the Europa League? Exactly, and that's what we have to do now as players. We have to put everything to one side and put all our focus into winning this competition to give him the send-off he deserves. We spoke to him this morning and he was a bit like that. He wants us to win it for us, and that just shows you the type of man that he is. We need to win it for him, really, and get behind him in these last few games to give him the send-off he deserves. What was the reaction from the players at the end of the meeting? We haven't really had much time to sit down and talk about it. I think everyone's just a little bit shocked. It's the first we heard about it. We didn't see it coming because, as I've said, he had another year left on his contract. It's not really something that you talk about as players. You just focus on the next game, you don't worry about who's the manager and what's going to happen with the manager. Of course, you read stuff online and in the media, but you don't really pay attention to that, so it was a bit of a shock. Now all we can do is put our focus into winning something. On to you now, Jack. How is your recovery going? I picked up a knock in Moscow and wasn't quite ready for last weekend. It hasn't really settled down, so I don't think I'll be available for this weekend. I'm looking to train, to build up my training this weekend, before going back with the team early next week, ready for Thursday. You missing the Newcastle game allowed Joe Willock to make his Premier League debut. What have you made of his contribution? Yeah, he's been great this season, and it's been great for him too. I know Sunday would have been a big learning curve for him. I thought he did well and didn't look out of place. It's tough in the Premier League, especially when you go to teams away from home who are fighting to stay in the league. They give everything, and you have to be ready for that. Sometimes, if you've not played in those games, you don't know what to expect. But I felt he dealt with it well. You can see what he's going to bring to the club and the team. He's an athletic boy, can win the ball back, who can pass it and play. I don't think people have seen the best of his technical skills.' I've watched him since he was young and he's got great technical ability. I'm looking forward to see what he can bring in the next few seasons. There are also some young players doing well in the FA Youth Cup who have reached the final since the first time you won it. It must bring back memories of you lifting that trophy. What did it mean to you at the time? Looking back to those days, not even the FA Youth Cup, but just the youth team days. It's some of the best days of your life. When I was in there, I moved in with Wajik chetny and you create this real friendship and team spirit within the entire group. You're with each other every single day. You can understand the pressure that you're going through every single day. But when you get to the FA Youth Cup, there's always that real competition. You know that you're still developing as a player, and it's not all about winning. But when you get to the FA Youth Cup, you actually see the strength of character in your teammates. I remember back in that FA Youth Cup run that I couldn't see anyone beating us. I think they've got that same spirit and same vibe throughout the team. They're in the final now, and I'll be going to watch the final, and all we can do is wish them luck. In the final, anything can happen. They're playing a good Chelsea team, but I'm sure that if they can recreate that spirit and the performance from the semi-final, they'll have a chance. Emil Smith-Rowe is an English creative player like you. What have you made of his performance? He's been great. Throughout the FA Youth Cup, I've obviously seen clips of him. I saw his run in the semi-final, which is obviously what you want to see from a young player. But also, when he stepped up to the first team, training, he hasn't looked out of place. I think that's the sign of someone who you know who's got a real opportunity of having a career, not just at the top, at this club. I know that's difficult and you can see the good players from over the years who didn't quite make it, but I think he's got something quite special and a real chance. You've got a busy few months coming up for yourself because there's another baby on the way. Yeah, my main focus at the moment is getting fit and taking care of my family. Obviously, for my missus, it's quite big. It's her first baby, and she's nervous, excited, and I can't wait. It's a little girl, due in May, so I'm looking forward to that as well. So that will be number three for you. How many are you planning on having? We'll probably have one more definitely, and then we'll see. That will be four, and then it all depends. Everyone knows what it's like where if you get a good baby who sleeps, you go again. We'll see. Looking longer term. Are your thoughts drifting to the World Cup in Russia? Yeah, I think that's always on your mind. Unfortunately, I missed the last couple of friendlies, which was frustrating. It wasn't a big thing, but I think I made the right choice to come away from it and get fit for the remaining games of the season. If I don't play for the rest of this season, then I've got no chance. So I've got to give myself every opportunity to be going, to stay fit, find some form and then go from there. The manager said, it's down to you, it's down to the players. He said that in general to everyone, I think, that it's down to the players to force their way into that team and make it hard for them not to pick you. I know what I've got to do and I'll be looking to do that. Finally, it's West Ham today. We know you know many Hammers fans. What are they saying about their situation this year? Well, my dad and all his mates are West Ham fans. Most of them are season ticket holders. When you think of West Ham, you think of their supporters and the love and the passion they have. They really feel everything. When it's not going well, they're down. When things are going well, then they're up. It's been a little bit up and down for them this season. I don't think they'll go down. I think they'll be all right because they've got enough. Next year, they can really build on it. It's a fantastic club. A big club. The stadium's there. The fan base is massive there. They have some of the best fans in the Premier League, so I just think they need to get the right balance and start getting the right results. A few years ago, people were talking about them for Europe. I think they can get back to that. Jack Wiltshire, born Hertfordshire, January 1st, 1992. Previous clubs, Bolton Wanderers, (loan), Bournemouth, Lone, joined Arsenal as a scholar in summer 2008. Quick stats... Jack scored two goals in the victorious 2008-09 FA Youth Cup campaign, including one in the final. Jack remains our youngest ever league player after making his debut aged 16 and 256 days in September 2008. Words by Josh James
4: In The Mix Everything you need to know, and plenty you don't, about an Arsenal-based topic Arsenal at new stadiums 1. Arsenal won 2-1 on our first visit to the Etihad in August 2003 with goals from Ashley Cole and Lauren whose own goal had put Man City in the lead Our last game at Main Road was a thumping 5-1 win in February 2003. Eight, there was no Henri, no Vieira, and Ashley Cole was sent off. But Gilberto's goal looked set to give Arsenal victory on their first visit to the King Power Stadium, only for Craig Hignett to bag Leicester a last gasp equaliser. 7. The Gunners' only success away to Bayern Munich came in our first ever match at the Alliance Arena in March 2013. Trailing 3-1 from the first leg, goals from Laurent Koscielny and Olivier Giroud weren't quite enough. 9. The Gunners' last match at Cardiff City's Ninian Park has been a drab 0-0 draw in the 2008-9 FA Cup, but there was no repeat when Aaron Ramsey scored two against his old club in a 3-0 win at their new home in late 2013. 10. Wales wasn't such a happy hunting ground in January 2012 when Arsenal lost 3-2 on their first visit to the Liberty Stadium, with Danny Graham scoring the winner less than a minute after Theo Walcott had made it 2-2. 16. Christopher Ray was the hero on our first visit to Bolton Wanderers' new Reebok Stadium in March 1998, his 47th-minute winner keeping the Gunners on course to win the league title and double two months later. 15. It was a happy return for ex millwall manager George Graham when he led Arsenal out at the New Den in January 1994 as a Tony Adams goal saw the FA Cup holders safely if unspectacularly, through to the fourth round. 2. Paul Merson and David Platt both found the net on our first visit to the Riverside, a match in which Middlesbrough went from 1-0 down to 2-1 up to 3-2 down when Gunnhilder scored the winner his only goal for Arsenal. 3. Derby County's last ever match at the baseball ground was a 3-1 defeat to the Gunners in May 1997, they had better luck in their new home, beating Arsenal 3-0 at Pride Park later that year. 6. Ajax boasted an array of attacking talent, Ibrahimović, Schneider, van when a Gunners team featuring Henri, Bergkamp and Pires met them at the Amsterdam Arena for the first time in 2003 for a 0-0 draw. 5. The Gunners finished the season with a first visit to Huddersfield Town's Kirklees Stadium. We'll be hoping for a unique hat-trick as we beat them 5-0 at the Emirates in November and 5-0 on our last visit to Leeds Road in 1993. 4. Arsenal's first visit to Wigan Athletics' DW Stadium in 2005 created history. It was the first meeting between the two clubs. Arsenal won 3-2 and would win 4-2 in an even more historic meeting at the end of the season. 11. Arsenal's last game at Roker Park was the nil-nil draw that effectively clinched the title in May 1991, which made a 1-0 defeat at Sunderland's new Stadium of Light in January 1997 even more of an anti-climax. 12. The Gunners' first visit to West Ham's new home, was a thumping 5-1 win in December 2016. Masoud Ozil opened the scoring before Alexis Sanchez bagged a hat-trick and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain netted from distance. 14. Thierry Henry didn't hang around on his and Arsenal's first visit to Reading's Majeski Stadium in October 2006, the Frenchman needing a mere 58 seconds to open the scoring in a 4-0 win. 13. The Gunners lost on their one and only visit to CSKA Moscow's Grigory Fedotov Stadium in 2006. But Aaron Ramsey's late equaliser ensured there was no repeat this season in a new stadium that took nearly 10 years to build.
3: Arsenal women. The Gunners booked their place in the FA Cup final and stretched their unbeaten run to 12 games with a fine victory in the WSL 2. Words by Michael Levy, Sunday, April 15th, 2018, Women's FA Cup semi-final. Everton Ladies 1, Arsenal 2. Scorer for Everton Ladies, Kelly in the 68th minute penalty. Scorers for Arsenal, Carter in the 25th minute, Quinn in the 90th minute. Louise Quinn scored a last-minute winner against Everton on Sunday to book Arsenal's place in the Women's FA Cup final at Wembley next month. Manager Joe Montemurro named a strong line-up for the clash at Marine FC's Rossett Park, with Sari Van Vienendal in goal behind the usual back four of Lisa Evans, Lee Williamson, Quinn and Emma Mitchell. Dominique Janssen, Jordan Nobs, and Kim Little made up the midfield three, while Heather O'Reilly and Beth Mead supported Dan Carter up front. Danielle Vanderdonk and Vivienne Medema were among the options on the bench. Everton started brightly in a hotly contested opening spell, but Nobbs forced a save from Kirsty Level on 22 minutes, and just moments later the Gunners were ahead. It was Carter, the hero of our 2016 FA Cup final triumph over Chelsea, who opened the scoring, converting from close range after a powerful run and crossed Riley on the right. Little and Nobbs both forced Level into action again before half-time, with Everton's only effort on target coming when former gunner Chloe Kelly tested Van Dahl from distance. The Blues began the second half strongly, and Kelly was twice denied goal-scoring opportunities by Quinn and Little. But the young striker was presented with a chance to equalise from the spot when Jansen fouled Olivia Chance, and she fired home confidently on 66 minutes. The Gunners had an opportunity to regain the lead 10 minutes later, only for Level to make a good save from Jansen's free kick. Little and Sub Medina both went close, but for all the pressure it looked as if the game was heading for extra time. Until Arsenal forced one last corner and Quinn rose highest to head home a winner. Arsenal will face Chelsea in the final at Wembley on Saturday, May 5th, after the Blues beat Manchester City 2-0 in the other semi-final. Tickets are available now via www.thefa.com, priced at £15 for adults, £5 for concessions and free for children. Arsenal Van Vienendal Evans, Williamson, Quinn, Mitchell, Jansen, Nobs, Little, O'Reilly, substituted by Kukin in the 90th minute, Mead, substituted by Medema in the 79th minute, Carter, substituted by Maccabi in the 79th minute. Subs not used Morehouse, Vanderdonk. Gunners see off in a form reading. Arsenal were in action again on Wednesday and climbed back to third in the WSL with an impressive 3-1 win over Reading in a pulsating game at Meadow Park. The Gunners were on the front foot from the kickoff and skipper Kim Little opened the scoring with just nine minutes on the clock by beating her marker and firing into the top corner from the edge of the box. The home side doubled the advantage on 26 minutes when the Royals failed to clear a corner and Dominique Janssen was on hand to head home from close range. Reading came out fighting after the break and Farrell Williams added to her tally of great goals against her old club by rifling a first-time volley into the bottom corner. But the Gunners restored the two-goal advantage on 63 minutes when Danielle Vanderdog showed great composure by rounding Earps to score the third goal. Arsenal leapfrogged Reading and Birmingham City in the table and sit eight points behind leaders Chelsea with two games in hand and five points behind Manchester City with one game in hand. The women are in action again today at bottom club Yeovil Town, who picked up their first point of the season by holding Birmingham to a goalless draw on Wednesday. Medina on target in World Cup qualifiers. Arsenal's internationals had a busy start to the month as they took part in qualifiers for next summer's World Cup in France. There was frustration for Jordan Nobbs as England were held to a 0-0 draw by Wales, and there was a sweet moment for Beth Mead who made her debut as a late substitute. Nobs also started the 2-0 win over Bosnia and Herzegovina with Submead winning a penalty. A Scotland team featuring Emma Mitchell, Kim Little and Lisa Evans lost 1-0 in Switzerland but then beat Poland 3-0 while Louise Quinn and skipper Katie McCubb helped Ireland beat Slovakia 2-1. Vivian Medema netted her 50th international goal as the Dutch beat Northern Ireland 7-0. With Sari Van Vienendaal, Dominic Janssen and Danielle Vanderdog also starting... The Dutch then beat Ireland 2 0 in Dublin.
1: Match action Newcastle United versus Arsenal Sunday april fifteenth, twenty eighteen. Kickoff 130, Premier League, game number 53. Venue St. James's Park, referee Anthony Taylor. Attendance 52,210. Away fans 3,200. The final score Newcastle 2, Arsenal 1. Match stats. Total shots. For Newcastle, 8. Shots on target 4, corners 2, offsides 1, fouls 11. For Arsenal, total shots 15. Shots on target 3, corners 5, offsides 2, fouls 9. Possession, twenty-eight percent for Newcastle, seventy-two percent for Arsenal. The team for Newcastle United: number twelve Dubravka, number twenty-two Yedlin, number six Lacelles number twenty Lejeune, number three Dummett, number eleven Ritchie, number ten Diame, number eight Shelby, number fifteen Kennedy. Number seventeen Perez, number nine Gale, yellow cards for Ritchie and Gale. Substitutes: Darlow, tw- number twenty-six Clark, number two, Manculo, number nineteen, Hayden, number fourteen. Number seven Murphy, who came on in the eighty-sixth minute f- uh, to replace Ritchie. Zlimani, number thirteen, who came in in the sixty-third minute to replace Gale, and Yoselu. Number 21, who came in in the 79th minute to replace Perez. The team for Arsenal. Number 33, Ketch. Number 21, Chambers, replaced in the 78th minute by Maitland-Niles, number 30. Number 20, Mustafi, yellow card. Number 16, Holding. Number 18, Monreal. Number 35, Elneny, yellow card. Number 29, Zaka, yellow card. Number 69, Willock, replaced in the 68th minute by Welbeck. And number 17, Iwobi, replaced in the 86th minute by Nkatera. Number 14, Abba and Number 9, Lacazette. The scorers for Newcastle United were Perez in the 29th minute and Ritchie in the 68th. The scorer for Arsenal, Lacazette, in the 14th minute. Man of the match was Alexandre Lacazette. Match facts, Arsenal have lost five successive away games in the league for the first time since December 1984. Our goal was the Gunners 100th in all competitions this season. Joe Willock became the 56th teenager to make a Premier League appearance for Arsenal, a record ahead of Manchester United and Chelsea, 50 each. First half. Arsene Wenger summed up this result as the story of our season, as Arsenal's pour-away form continued at Newcastle United. The visitors had made a bright start too, with Alexandre Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang starting together for the first time in a much-changed team from the two-all draw in Moscow. They combined beautifully on 14 minutes, when Aubameyang curled a pass to the far post for Lacazette to fire the ball into the roof of the net, and we looked in control until Ayose Perez raced in to beat Petter Ketch and make it 1-1. Second half. The Gunners failed to build on a strong finish to the first half, in which Callum Chambers twice went close and Joe Willock shot wide on his Premier League debut. Alex Awobe did flash one over the bar, but both sides were getting bogged down in midfield and struggling to create opportunities. It was Newcastle who broke the deadlock when Matt Ritchie finished coolly from 12 yards. And although we dominated possession and pressed for an equaliser, the home side held firm in the closing stages to take all three points.
0: The Arsenal Foundation, registered charity number 1145668. My story. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund Freightliner City Farm, a community space in the heart of Islington that allows local children and adults to learn about the countryside environment. The farm's Liz McAllister tells us how it works. I first found out about the farm when I was looking for a place to get large animals work experienced after sixth form. I spent a month over the summer on a work placement helping to look after the animals and run educational activities. I met people who helped to connect me with farms in the countryside, which was how I then learned about farming. Freightliners is only two and a half acres, so very small in farming terms. But as a green space in one of London's most built-up boroughs, it's a significant area that provides local people with a countryside environment on their doorsteps. Despite its size, we provide a model of a working farm with some extra bits to help people engage. We have 2 cows, 6 goats, 12 sheep, about 60 chickens, 11 rabbits, 2 geese, 4 ducks, 2 cats and a variety of aviary birds. The large animals live in our barn and the smaller animals all have purpose-built accommodation. We also have a classroom, greenhouses, a carpentry workshop and three experimental sustainable buildings including our straw bale and oak cafe. The farm gardens are divided into three parts – the hedgerows, paddocks and wildlife areas, ornamental gardens and the gardens where we grow fruit and vegetables to use in the cafe and to teach about food. We have very little machinery and do everything by hand with forks, shovels and other hand tools. Our volunteers help out with the day-to-day tasks, not all of which are as glamorous as feeding the animals. The farm has an education programme that includes guided visits for schools and nurseries where children have the opportunity to get hands-on with the animals and plants. We also run volunteering and therapeutic farming activities that enable local people to take an active part in farm life. They learn new skills, get stuck in and meet new people with shared interests. The Gunners Fund grant has enabled the farm to complete a much-needed rebuild of some of the chicken and goose accommodation and to provide around 30 volunteers and local young people with skills in carpentry, landscaping and construction. The volunteers have been able to contribute to a tangible project that will benefit their community and the animals for many years to come. Arsenal in the community's support in raising awareness for the farm and recognition of our young people's achievements is also very welcome and helps to bring people from our diverse community together. For more information, please visit www.freightlinersfarm.org.uk
4: Teams. For Arsenal, manager Arsene Wenger, red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, and red and white socks. Four, Per Matasaka, Six, Laurent Kozielny, Seven, Henrik Mkhitaryan. Eight, Aaron Ramsey. Nine, Alexandre Lacazette. Ten, Jack Wilshire Eleven, Mesut Ozil. Thirteen, David Ospina, goalkeeper. Fourteen, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. 16. Rob Holding, 17. Alex Wobi, 18. Nacho Monreal, 19. Santi Carzola, 20. Skodran Mustafi, 21. Callum Chambers, 23. Danny Welbeck, 24. Hector Bellerin, 27. Konstantinos Mafropanos, 29. Granit Xhaka, 30. Ainsley Maitland Niles, 31, Siad Kalasinak, 33, Petra Jack, goalkeeper, 35, Mohamed Elnani, 43, Josh da Silva, 44, Vlad Dragomir, 47, Charlie Gilmore, 50, Dan Ilyev, goalkeeper, 54, Matt Macy, goalkeeper, 61, Reese Nelson, 62, Eddie Nkitia, 63, Jordi Osetutu, 69. Joe Willock For West Ham United, manager David Moyes Blank shirt, shorts and socks 2. Winston Reid 3. Aaron Creswell 5. Pablo Zabaleta 7. Marco Anortovic 8. Cheku Kuwaiti 9. Andy Carroll 10. Manuel Lanzini 12. Jordan Hugel 13. Adrian, goalkeeper 14. Pedro Obiang, 16. Mark Noble, 17. Javier Hernandez, 18. João Mario, 19. James Collins, 21. Angelo Ogbonna, 22. Sam Byram, 23. Sayed Haxabanovich, 25. Joe Hart, goalkeeper, 26. Arthur Masuaku, 27. Patrice Evra, 30. Mikhail Antonio, thirty one Eddie Milson Hernandez thirty three Josh Cullen thirty six Domingos Kina thirty seven Nathan Holland forty one Declan Rice Officials Referee Lee Mason Assistant Referees Harry Leonard Matthew Wilkes fourth official Graham Scott Today's other fixtures Stoke City vs Burnley at one hundred thirty PM Manchester City vs Swansea City at four thirty PM. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport.
3: Hello,
2: this is Arsene Langer. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Match Day
3: programme.
0: Humor One, play perfect. Gatorade, it all begins from within. Every victory starts from within. That's where the heart and the drive live. The determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. Gatorade is proud to fuel any athlete who believes greatness comes from within. Gatorade, win from within. Copyright 2013 S-VC.net. Gatorade and G Design are registered trademarks of S-VC.net.
4: Do everything once in a lifetime in Australia and New Zealand. Don't just visit, live it. From the rugged outback and spectacular coastlines to adventure sports and natural wonders, choose from seven destinations on Emirates.com/UK. Hello tomorrow, Emirates.